Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Thank you for coming today. Listen, we are in a series called Intentional Living. Intentional Living. As pastor, I get to hear so many stories, painful stories, stories of hurt and heartache. And I am daily reminded that this life that we live, it's not easy. It's not easy. There's a lot to navigate as we begin to live life effortlessly. It is so easy for us to get trapped in a downward spiral of resentment, hostility, anger, and offense. This leads us to a hard heart that begins to project hate over healing. See, the church should look different than those who don't know God. Like never before, our families, communities, churches, and nations have to accept the idea that wholeness cannot happen without forgiveness. Come on, I'm going to repeat that. Wholeness cannot happen without forgiveness. Each of us will find ourselves in need of forgiveness and have to give forgiveness Listen, not just one time, come on, hey, but many times. Anybody hear what I'm saying? The Bible has insight for us on how to navigate intense and emotional moments and feelings. In a couple of weeks, we begin life groups and we have a freedom class. And I would encourage you over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about accepting forgiveness today. We're going to talk about living free. And if you need a little bit more information on that, we actually have like a 12, uh, 12 class, uh, a 12 um, class study on freedom. I, man, that did not come out right. Y'all ever do that? You're like, I'm talking and I'm figuring out what I'm saying right in the moment. Come on, come on. <laughs> How many of y'all do that? You're like, I have, I'm, I have no idea what I'm saying right now. Uh, we have a 12-week class woo, on freedom. <laughs> so, some of y'all are like, this guy is crazy. Um, listen, for us, we know that freedom is what God wants to do in our life. And so today, listen, I'm going to talk about a topic that I'm going to need you to go ahead and lean in on. Okay? And today... I'm not talking to who's sitting next to you. I'm talking to you. Okay? And I want to read you a couple Bible verses. And I want to begin to begin to start a conversation of how we can accept forgiveness. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 says this. So if you are offering your gift at the altar. Come on. Where where are all my people that, you know, um, see, this is a New Testament verse on giving. Come on, somebody. Tithing, giving your offering. They're going to the altar. And you remember that your brother has something against you. Interesting how it works. It doesn't say if you have something against your brother. It says if you're in a holy moment and you're doing 
the traditions of worship. And it comes to you that your brother or sister may have something against you. Here's our response. Look at this. Look at this. Leave your gift there before you, it doesn't say take it with you. <laughs> so I'm just telling y'all, like, leave it there. We'll just leave it here all week long just for you. You know what I'm saying? Leave your gift at the altar and first go be reconciled to your brother and then come back. Then come back and put it in the bucket. Like, and then come back. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, everybody say trespasses. Someone is going to trespass, meaning they're going to break a boundary in your life. You are going to live enough life where people break a boundary. They're going to trespass. You weren't welcome there. That wasn't what I expected you to do. You broke a boundary and now I am offended, hurt frustrated and now i'm having to deal with it here's what it says if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive what did it say you you, you. come on say you everybody say you come on but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father Forgive your trespasses. Now, could it be the further our society gets away from biblical truth, the more anxiety we all have because nobody knows how to get the anxiety out of their heart? Come on, does it make sense? Now, when you read these verses, they have to affect you all, all week long. I'm going to give you a little transparency. All week long, me and my wife have been working through some misunderstandings. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Some people call them arguments. Some people call them fights. We call them severe misunderstandings. We were both coming from different places. We were working through some offense, and of course, you know what I'm saying, like we both believed, I am right, and we have all the facts, come on, the facts are on my side, and then I start studying about forgiveness, and it never fails, whenever I'm going to talk about forgiveness, living free, or marriage, it's about to get real up in the sexton home, and so... Just so that you know, this living intentional, we, we, as people were coming to check out our church, we thought, okay, we want to let people know why the house exists. And so when you walk in, if you will look over here, uh, to your right, when you're in the lobby, you will see the house exists because of Jesus. And it will talk about know the Father. That's what we talked about last week. This week is accept forgiveness. Next week is live free. And the last is fuel purpose. And so this is, it's on the wall. And so I, all week long, I was thinking, how much is it to change that? <laughs> like, we, we just want to take out accept forgiveness and put joy. <laughs> just like. <laughs> and so I'm starting to read and study this and I'm like, oh, dang it, dang it. And so I walk in and I'm like, 
So, uh, this is not normal for me. But I've been wrong in a couple things. And I'm sorry. So now the score is 100 to 1. I've messed up. (laughs) You know, and so I come in, I tell her, I'm sorry. And she's like, good, it's about time. (laughs) No, she doesn't. She doesn't. My wife is awesome. Uh, she says, me too. And I, we look at each other. And all of a sudden, I'm like, girl. And she's like, ah! And I'm like, ooh! I'm like, let's never fight again! And here's the thing. Is each of these verses speak to the intentionality of how I am acting. Not how they are are acting it doesn't deny the fact that someone has trespassed but it reminds us that we have a responsibility listen even to the trespasser what it shows us these verse show us that our external worship comes after a pure heart not in spite of it that's why jesus was saying leave your Alter moment. Leave your worship moment. Leave your giving and get your heart right. Because if I let you continue that with a unpure heart, you will become a Pharisee and you'll be religious. Come on, somebody. And you will do the form, but there will be no active Holy Spirit. Now we can clap. If we're not careful, we can actually come to church, do the song and dance, and leave and never inspect our heart. And God is saying, your worship for me flows out of the condition of your... In other words, giving to the Lord in in an act of worship is received. After we begin to make things right. See, it is our responsibility when the Holy Spirit brings things up to our attention that we, when we begin to grieve, we begin to go have conversations. Come on, does this make sense? Recently, I read an incredible story of forgiveness. I want to read it to you. Chris Carrier was 10 years old and he was abducted near his Florida home. Taken into the swamps, stabbed repeatedly in the chest and abdomen with an ice pick. He was shot in the temple with a handgun. Remarkably, hours after being shot, he woke up with a severe headache, unable to see out of his eye, one eye. Stumbled to the highway, a car stopped and took him to the hospital. Years later... A police officer told Chris that the man suspected of his abduction was close to death. The officer said, you you go and confront him. Chris did more than that. He confronted his attacker during the man's final week of life and ultimately forgave him, bringing peace to both of them. A story like this 
is almost unrelatable. That something so horrific could happen and the response be forgiveness. However, the Bible tells us that we have to be intentional in this area. That forgiveness isn't just practiced by anointed special people. It isn't reserved for just saints and martyrs. It should be practiced and accepted, come on, by all of us. It is actually a way for us to rid unwanted bondage. Bondage, what, 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 what does that feel like? It feels like if I had a man come up to the stage and I ran and jumped on his back and made him carry me around. Some of us are carrying things and you've been carrying them for a while and we're wondering why we're not experiencing the freedom that we hear about and that is because we have to look at forgiveness. As a believer, we don't want any wrong spirit to determine how we act or respond. The Bible tells us that each day we are walking through a spiritual battle. The Bible tells us seen and unseen. That there is a spiritual battle happening and we've got to, come on, listen, be intentional. How many of y'all like action movies? Where are my action people at? Come on. I love me an action movie. And I get it. Most of them are cheesy. My wife is like, she'll watch like 10 minutes and go, it's unrealistic. And I'm like, I know it's on. Come on, listen, there's unrealistic moments. There's forced comebacks. Like they do this, I'll be back. Say it again. Come on, that was when we had VCRs. We roll that thing back. It's the coolest moment. He's a robot and he doesn't die. Come on, pinpoint accuracy. It's like they're running. I'm really sweating. Cardio is high. Heart rate is up. Bing, bing, bing. Hit a perfect shot. You're like, that's what I'm talking about. You're like, that can never happen. We used to watch this show called Navy Seals or whatever. And so I was like, it was like the greatest show in the world and I just loved it. And then like years later, there were all these YouTubes about how unrealistic it all was. And they had like real Navy Seals going through all of it, going this one. And I was like, you are destroying this show for me. And you know what the, the crazy thing is like, they had, they go through this crazy thing. Cars are flying. People are jumping off of buildings. And they come out at the end of the movie with just a little dirt. And one little small boo-boo. And they get to hug the main actress or actor. and Don't worry about it. And you're like, when is part two? So awesome. And sometimes I feel like that's how Christians navigate our, their, their life. Is that we think that we can really battle the enemy because we went to church last week. That we're just going to overcome because. That we might come out a little dirty and have a few scrapes. But we're going to be okay because it's automatic. 
But you're going to have to be intentional in this battle. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? I don't want to be scared of the devil, but we're going to have to prepare, come on somebody, for a real battle. And there is a real battle that you're going to walk through because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the church, come on, listen, has got to realize stuff is going on and you can't just jump in and be victorious because someone told you you could be victorious. You're going to have to practice the principles of victory. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Thank you. One person. I was feeling good about that. All right. When people tell me, uh, I'm going to give you all time to clap in a second. Don't worry. Uh, uh, When people tell me, Pastor, Pastor, you know what? I really feel like I'm called into the ministry. I'm like, really? I take them to a verse. The verse I'm about to take you. And they're like, yes. And they're so excited and overjoyed and feel like, whoa, this is awesome. This is the verse I take them to. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 and 27. This is Paul. Five times I've received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, thought I was going to die, I was on the water the whole time, I was at drift. Frequent journeys, I've been in danger from rivers, rivers, robbers, my own people, come on somebody, my own people. People that got saved under my ministry, my own people, the Gentiles, the people I, I was the only one swinging for the Gentiles and they coming at me too in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, around false brothers. Listen, it's been hard. I have had to work my tail off. There's been sleepless nights. I've been hungry. I've been thirsty. I've been cold and I've been hot. Welcome to the ministry. Let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's this idea that for Paul to continue in the ministry, yes, there was purpose, but there was a lot of folks that he had to forgive because if he didn't, he was going to be taken out of his calling. And the man that we read about, two-thirds of the New Testament and an inspiration and writer and theology, all that he's done, all I've got to tell you is this wouldn't have happened if he didn't understand some principles of forgiveness. Paul was showing us that victory isn't automatic. It's intentional. Paul was intentional about forgiveness and he allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal, heal, and work. Paul tells us that in order for us to thrive in our Christian life, you're going to have to accept forgiveness. Like it's a key element, listen, of your faith. So I want to give you three intentional thoughts for practicing forgiveness. The first is this. Everybody needs it. We all need it. Come on, say, I need it. In the first couple chapters of Genesis, it recounts the story of Adam and Eve. God picks up some dirt, blows in it, man's created. He takes out a rib, boom, makes woman. And the Bible says that they were naked and unashamed in the garden. God had provided everything for them. Come on, naked and, wow, awesome, fun. They, the Bible says they didn't even know it. We got, 
why? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the brightest person. I don't have no PhD, but I can, I, I mean, I know naked. <laughs> I can figure out that one. You know what I'm saying? I may not know more where my keys are. Come on, somebody. But I, I can tell, I mean, I'm like, I'm going to go on. God gave them everything and he put the tree of life in the garden of Eden. Put, put it right in the middle. And it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil. Good and evil. And, and, and God said, listen, yo, yo, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to put you to work. You're going to have meaningful days. But you're not going to have to worry about anything because I got you. And the enemy came, Satan came and tempted them to do it different than God wanted it done. And so they ate this fruit. And when they ate this fruit, they sinned. And because God gave dominion to the first man and woman. And so listen, I'm going to break this down because it is 2022. Uh, There was a man. An actual man. Who has the seed of life. I don't know if we teach biology anymore. There is a woman who has a womb, come on, an egg, and life is created. And here's the deal. God gave man and woman dominion over everything that he created. So when they sinned, that sin passes to all mankind. That's why we needed Jesus. That's why in the Old Testament there were countless times God began to intervene. Come on, listen. Because I am going to sacrifice, I'm going to have a sacrifice so that I can know my people. Jesus came for that reason. So we are all sinners. You can see it when you put two babies together. They don't have a sharing contest. If you've had children, you don't never need to teach someone how to lie. You know what I'm saying? Did you eat that cookie? Nope. What's right here and here? A snack? What kind of snack is it? A cookie? <laughs> we all need forgiveness. Each of us, in harsh and painful moments... Judge ourselves by our intentions, but judge other people by their actions. Come on. When people question you, well, that's not how I intended. But when you begin to question people, well, I saw what you did. I saw what you said and I heard it. And that, whoa. Like we always judge people by their actions. Come on, somebody. But we judge ourselves by our intentions. The Bible shows us that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us are sinless. We have to accept the fact that we missed it and we can, sometimes we continue to miss it and we all need grace. It's fundamental because you will never give what you think you don't need. Missing this concept will cause you to pick and choose who and when you forgive. This type of thinking will make forgiveness preference based rather than kingdom based. Here's what the Bible says. It's not optional for some. It's available for all. 
Psalms 26, 2 and 3 says this. Look at this. Prove me, O Lord. Try me. Test my heart and my mind. Your steadfast love is ever before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. Here is the thing. When you come into church, the reason that we have worship and the reason we have these encounter moments and the reason we want people to come to the altar and pray is because I'm hoping that a Holy Spirit conviction begins to just tap you. I don't want you under condemnation where I am heavy and not good enough, but I do want you to go... Ah, that, that's me. That one was mine. That one right there, that was mine. But you're going to have to allow yourself to go, God, search my heart. I feel wronged. I feel like I'm the victim. I feel like nobody listens to me. I feel like people are always judging me. I feel like whatever. And I am missing something. Because it doesn't matter where I go, this cycle continues. And so I'm asking you to search my heart and I will give up anything that I need to give up to move forward. Come on, does that make sense? The second thing is this. God has the answer. The Bible tells us that God is love. When offense makes its way into your heart, it's like a weed in your flower bed. Those weeds don't leave because you notice them. We spend a lot of time putting in some rock in our flower beds. My kids don't know. Next week, we're going to spend some time in the flower beds. I'm like, don't plan Wednesday's mine. Well, Dad, school's starting. That's right. We got to get it done, baby. Come on. Those weeds don't leave unless... We begin to pull them out or apply something to them. And I'm just telling you, listen. When we begin to let unforgiveness grow in our heart, it produces ugly hearts and ugly responses. He alone can heal your heart. And if we will accept his word, then it shows our humility. And listen, humility is the pathway to wholeness. Humility is shown when we confess our sin, and we repent. I want to encourage you, at the end of our service, we're going to have ministry time. And and listen, I get it. Listen, a lot of you, I, I can feel you processing. And you're saying, well, you don't know my story, and you don't know, and you're like, and here's what I want to say. You are 100% right, I don't. But here's the wonderful thing about the kingdom. God set truth so that our story would submit to it. But our story doesn't make God submit to us. And I know this may be a process for a lot of us. But I'm needing you to at least open your heart and go. Okay. Okay. We're going to have ministry time at the end. And, and some of you, you may just need to come to the altar and repent. Like some of you may need to get one of our uh, uh, prayer team and you may need to go up there and, and you may need to say, hey, listen, I, I need to confess something. And listen, we, we, don't, we don't believe that you have to confess every dark, deep thing, but sometimes confession brings healing. And so you begin to grab a brother in Christ who's, who, you can, who, who is a safe place and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Next week, we have Seek, seek Week. Not, not this next week, but one more week. We're going to do Seek Week. 
And why do we do that? As school is starting, as we're kind of ending the summer, it's kind of a way to recalibrate us. And I'm asking you to fast. I'm asking you to give up something. I'm asking you to turn off the TV. I'm asking you to take a moment and be intentional with the Lord. And I just want to let you know that if you're going to fill yourself up with love, see, you can't just get rid of unforgiveness. You've got to fill it up with love. Both the enemy and God want to take space in your heart. And so the way you fill it up with love is, I want to give you three intentional things that you can begin to process. It is soap, soak, and seek. Soap is this. The Bible tells us that when we read the word, it renews our mind. It washes our mind. And so here is what I want you to know. One hour of church cannot compete with 21 hours of TV, Netflix, social media, talk radio, news. You are being indoctrinated. You are with someone's thought and someone's philosophy and the way they want culture to go. And I'm just telling you, if you have little Bible then you will have a little victory because what happened, come on, y'all can clap for that. Here is the idea that we don't rigorously read the Bible because it's spiritual homework. We read the Bible because it, there's a battle and we got to navigate this. And so listen, your emotions are going to change and your motives are going to change. And so we don't want you to just pick up the Bible because you're excited about Jesus. Because there will be moments when life gets hard and you will be less excited. Is that real? We don't want you to read the Bible because you have a good motive. We want you to read the Bible because it will anchor you in a world of philosophy and lies. And you've got to get it in it. And I'm telling you, if you're getting your only Bible from a half of a social media quote, then you are missing some things that can really set your life free. And so I am asking you to read a chapter, get some verses. Here in the next couple months, we're going to start having soap guides where we're going to go through chapters of the Bible and just read them. And, and we want to make active Bible reading a part of our culture. Here's the second thing, soak. What is soaking? Come on, you you know when you, you had a long day, you got to get that Epsom salt, you get that get that tub right. And, and you get in there and what happens is nobody just runs the water and pays the gas bill to get a bunch of hot water and take a dip. Like you gonna stay. Like come on, come on ladies, men, ladies, just like nobody bother me. I'm locking my door. I'm putting on music and I'm gonna be in this tub for a while. And what happens? It begins to prune us. It begins to change our skin. It begins to have an effect on us. And I'm telling you that there are times when you're going to have to soak in the presence of the Lord where you turn on some worship and you're not doing drive-by conversations with the Lord and He begins to prune you. And because of that moment that you've had with Him, you are different. That's why during the, and on Wednesday of Seek Week, I think it's August 17th, we're going to have worship and we're going to do some ministry. And, and, and we're wanting you to come. It's going to be a prayer service. But we know that there's got to be times of saturation where we soak and we, 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 we take some time. And the Bible tells us that he makes us lie down, that he puts us by still waters. And you're going to have to have that moment. And I, I want to hit one more thing. 
Because I'm giving a lot of culture for our church. Our church is going to be a worship church. So you're going to see men and women. And you're going to see people kneel. You're going to see, I mean, you're going to look around and see people crying. You're going to see men lift their hands. Why do we do that? Because even in the Bible, Paul would, would, would push Timothy and say, I pray that all men would lift their heavy hands. King David was a stud. This dude was a killer. And he was a worshiper. You feel what I'm saying? Like there was nothing soft about David. One time David worshipped so much, his clothes came. Now we're not that church. Just saying, keep everything you got covered. Okay? You will be escorted out of this mug. You know what I'm saying? If I start seeing, <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> but I do think that we, if we feel like worship is feminine, we'll never do it. And I realize there's personalities, introvert, extrovert. I get all that. Don't say me anymore. I'm just telling you, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that worship has an expression. And we want to make sure that we're doing that. Here's the third one. Come on. Are you good? Is this, are you going to learn anything? You got to seek him. You gotta seek, you gotta soap, wash your mind, you gotta, you gotta soak, take a moment and, and, and just like not hurry. And then you've gotta seek. And the Bible says, if you seek, you will find. James tells us that, man, come on, I don't know about you, but does anybody have like five or six questions that they have? Like, who am I gonna marry? Where am I gonna do? Where am I gonna, what am I gonna do? Where am I gonna move? Do I wanna sell my house? Do I want to sell my house? Am I gonna get that surgery? Am I not gonna get that surgery? Like, we all have things that we need to know. And the Bible says, yo, Seek me, like seek me, ask me, let me kind of intervene. How many of y'all, it's crazy. So the other day, he, my son's not here. So the other day, uh, we were gone and we put Trevor in charge. And that's always exciting uh, to have your oldest kid in charge of all your kids. All right. And so he's 17 and we were out of town. And, and so he's in charge and he says, dad, I want to take the kids to a movie. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, boy. Loving on your family. Yeah, go. And so he takes him to the movies. And then I get a text, Dad, I've lost my keys. I'm like, where, where are they? Well, I don't know. I was like, well, have you looked in the movie? Oh, I've looked everywhere. I was like, were they in your hand when you threw the trash away? And he's like, probably. And so they're digging out all the trash and, and, and he find and, and so he can't find his keys. And I'm like, well, did you pray? And he's like, dad, no. And I'm like, well, why don't y'all get together and pray? And he's like, fine. And so he does it. And, and as soon as they're done, they find the keys. And so he's like, you know, he don't call me when he finds the keys. I'm like seeing on social media. <laughs> I'm like, hey, bro, you found the keys? Yeah. I was like, when you find the keys? Mm-hmm. What? I can't hear that. After I prayed. I'm like, oh, okay. All I'm saying is don't wait until everything's terrible to start praying. Come on. Seek him. Studies show that there's a connection between forgiveness and physical, mental, and spiritual health. Studies indicate that forgiveness or the lack thereof play a key role in the peace and health in our homes. 
Most of us look at forgiveness. And I want to talk to you a little bit. So if we're going to forgive, these are the two primary ways that I feel like we do that. I need to remove the negative and I just need to refuse to retaliate. And if I will do those two things, that's forgiveness. But the Bible says that's only 50%. Like you're not all the way there. Removing the negative and refusing to retaliate. Come on. The, I mean, the Bible says turn the other cheek. And, and, you know, if you read that verse like I do, I'm like, I only have four. So on the fifth time, I'm coming to you. I get you on the first. You get me on the first one. But if we hit number five, I'm, all bets are off. The Bible says. But, but here's the other 50% that I think sometimes we miss is actually for us, we have to get the Father's heart for the offender. And if we never get there, you're never healed. Like you're going to have, like God has a thought about this person and you're going to have to get there to get free. And if you don't get there, you'll never be free. And you're fighting every day to remove the negative and not retaliate and remove the negative and not retaliate. But the Bible says you're going to have to think like I think. And here's how I think about that person. Sure, you may not be able to continue a relationship. Sure, because of their manipulation or illegal activity or whatever, you may not be able to walk with them anymore more. I'm not talking about boundaries. Hello? But I am saying that God looks at people a certain way and we look at people the way He looks at people. That's the only way the burden's removed. Here's the third thing. Are you still with me? The third one is this. Let's give intentionally what was given to us freely. You're not going to feel like doing good to those who do bad to you. And you're going to feel like running them over. Come on, can I get an amen? Hallelujah. You're going to feel like run them over, back it up. Run it over, back it up. Is that wrong? Come on. But Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. This is a totally different philosophy than our cancel culture. Our culture speaks about revenge at all costs. The ch- Listen, church, the Bible tells us revenge will hurt you worse than the offense did. Grace is better than revenge. Most of us will have conflict with our family, friends, and coworkers. Most of you will even have conflict with this church community. Why? Because we are all on a process working. We all have a past. We all have a story. And we are working towards spiritual health. We are working towards transformation. I teach this a lot to our leaders. And I want to give this to you. In, in all relationships, there is a cycle of relationships. There's a cycle that we all walk through. Married couples, friendships, uh, uh, employment, employer, all of this. And this is the cycle of relationships. Go ahead and put that next slide up. It goes connect. So we all start connecting. And come on, have you ever done it where you're like, I just met my new best friend. 
And you start connecting with them and you're like, oh my gosh, we just hit it off. Like we laugh, we do. Oh my God, this is, and you move into the romantic phase. It doesn't matter what it is, a church, a business, a job. You ask someone three or four weeks in, how do you like it? I love my job. It's the best job ever. I've never had a job like this before. Just wait. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like everything is great. People come in to the church. Oh, we have a pastor that preaches the word. Oh, I'm so glad you're not in like shorts and flip flops. I'm so glad. I'm finally, ah. And I'm like, just wait. Come on. That guy sees that girl. They dating. She's everything. What's everything? Everything. She's just everything. Then, all of a sudden, reality hits. She everything and then some. It's the then some I'm worried about. Pastor, I thought you were so funny and witty and whatever, but I went to eat with you and you, you like, God, you sound like Darth Vader. You wheezing all the time. You breathe heavy. You got some nasal stuff going on. Like, you can't fix that. That's really annoying. You can't. Sorry. I, I could get surgery. I don't know. It's just how I. Man, thank you. Ah, I'm annoying. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I, I had an inhaler for 20 years. I don't know. It's like, reality is coming for all of you in relationships. Reality. You have to. It's the reality that you have to take to Jesus because the reality is we are all sinful, broken people and you're never going to find a church. You're never going to find a mate. Come on, somebody. You're never going to find a best friend that checks all the boxes. You're going to find people that you choose to do life with and you take their flesh to the Lord because you take your flesh to the Lord and here's the deal. If you don't get this, and I realize that we're all from another church, probably somewhere. I've been in four or five, so I'm just talking to you. Don't get mad at me. But if you don't understand this, you will be in a life group. Something will happen. Someone will not say hi to you. Someone will whatever. And you will cease to feel like, realize that it's your own brokenness that the enemy is triggering. And you will do another church, stay there for four or five years and do another church. And stay there for four or five years and do another church. And you will have a laundry list of pastors that did not meet up to your expectations because you couldn't deal with their humanity. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about normal life. You hear what I'm saying? And then what happens next is you're going to have to make a response. There will be a response to what you've observed. Am I leaving or am I staying? Do, do I forgive that and we move on because I believe their heart? And, but do, do, I, do I believe that about my mate or do I not? Do I divorce and find some? Do I, what, what, what do I do with that response? And I realize we won't do this perfectly. But I just need you to know that when you go before the Lord, the only response that I have when it's me and God is not how they acted, but it is how I acted. God, I will never stand before God and he will talk to me about my wife. He will only talk to me about me. Come on, 
We've all been guilty of wrong responses. Self-pity, silent treatment, frustration, self-interest. God loves you and he is quick to show you mercy. He doesn't make you work to get back into his good graces. Forgiveness is not weakness. That's God's heart. Now, if I'm going to be honest, Katie and I have experienced a lot of hurt in ministry and in church. And there are people that we had to wait a while and pray it through and circle back with them. And there are still two or three people that we are praying it through and we've not circled back yet because we're in it. But I know that something's got to shift in me and then something's got to shift in them. But I know that it can't stay. And we're actively working. Come on. Does that make sense? That out. Is that too transparent for y'all? Y'all don't, uh, some of you are like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't want to go to a church that's jacked up. Our story is not about getting every step right. Listen, listen, the story is not about every one of your failures and every one of your missteps. It's about God's saving grace. Like it's like, it's about God. It's not about you. And everything is about you. Every car is about you. Every commercial is about you. Everything is about you. But here's the story. The story is, it's not every fault and failure. It's about God's grace and how good he is. Come on. And you've got to accept it and you've got to give it. Man, y'all go ahead and come up here. Listen, you've got to return to the trespasser understanding, not revenge. Most of the people who hurt you severely were already broken. Forgiveness for the believer is a reflection of what we've received about God's love. Like what we've received and understand about God's love. It's reflection. Does that make sense? Your ability to forgive is a mirror on how much love God has given you or how much you've allowed him to. Forgiveness happens, and this is the key. I'm going to close with this. Forgiveness happens when you no longer feel like you're the victim. So let's talk about this. Here are some things that the church I feel like has lost. We've lost the ability to be content. And because we're not content, we feel like everything that's been done to us is somebody else's doing. But Paul understood a key to walking in forgiveness. His contentment was not based on how you treated him. His contentment was found in the Lord. Philippians 4, 11, 13. Not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned. Everybody say learned. In whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low. And how to abound. In any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty. Hunger. Abundance. And need. I can do all things through him. Come on, who gives me strength. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Listen. 
Paul had ups and downs, but the key to intentional living was that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And yes, I will experience problem and hurt and pain in this life. But listen, God can restore what the enemy has taken. God can restore. And I don't know how, but I know his character. Paul wasn't a victim. He was walking in victory. And if you'll repent from your sins, come on, if you'll you'll let those negative cycles go, if you'll let that offense go today, I believe that you'll walk out here with the joy and the smile you used to have. So here's two questions that I want to give you as they sing. I'm going to have you sit in your seat for just two or three more minutes. We'll be done. Here's two questions I want to ask you. Can you accept that God will forgive you and those who hurt you? Just leave that up there for a second. Come on, if you need to take a picture of that and even journal this tomorrow. Can you accept that God will forgive you for all you've done? Come on, listen. For the affair, for the embezzlement, for the lying, for the anger, for the alcohol abuse, for the... Can you accept that God will forgive you and those that hurt you? Here's the second question. Will you hold on to the wrongs God has already forgiven? Are you going to hold on to the wrong? Like God has already forgiven that, but you're holding it. Do you know what that means? That means that you're a better judge than God. And he knows the depths of all of our souls. Come on, does that make sense? And so I want you to just ponder. And here's what I'm asking you to do in this second. As they sing this, I just want you to stay in your seat. And I want you to pray that same prayer. God, search my heart. And is there anything in me that I need to let go? Ask for forgiveness. Or I need to begin to get your heart for this person in my life that I've tried to ignore, but really I'm not doing a good job ignoring it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.